Um, yeah. The AI play came up. I started thinking about, you know, I got to make a play. And I totally left AI. That's the, that was the crazy part. Horace Grant, if you watch it again, basically Horace Grant was almost playing AI. I was just floating around and happened to see um, George, which he threw the ball in for, for Philly. And he had an outstanding game. He had like 10 and 20 rebounds at that time. And um, he happened to just had a timeout, but he happened to just was falling in bounds. And he just threw the ball and it hit my hand. I couldn't believe it. And then as soon as I took off, Penny set a string on whoever was right there trying to foul me. And I just took off and made the layup. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Stadium. With us today is Orlando Magic's legend, Darrell Armstrong. What's going on, Darrell? Not much, not much. Just finished practice not too long ago. That's about it. That's good. Get, to, get that practice in, unlike AI. So I'm Harry. Dero's one with Orlando Magic's background. What's going on, Dero? What's going on, guys? As I mentioned in the intro, you know, you, you're, you're literally an Orlando Magic legend. You made the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame uh, recently. You want to just talk about that experience, mm -hmm. how it was to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Orlando Magic? Well, I mean, it was great. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's a blessing for me. And, you know, for me, uh, I had to really work hard to even get on the floor to play and had to wait my turn for two years. And finally, when I got the opportunity to play, I took advantage of it. You know, the next seven years with the Orlando Magic, uh, you know, I went nine years, my first two years, I had to, I tell you, I had to watch and had to practice hard. I had to be there and, and stay in the gym. For yeah. me, I had to prepare, I had to prepare myself uh, not knowing when I was going to get the opportunity to play. And I finally got that opportunity in my third year to really play. And uh, for me, I just shined for the next seven years. And, and uh, you know, with, especially with the Heart and Hustle team and, you know, winning the sixth man and most improved and two-time player of the week uh, in the NBA. So, you know, I mean, I I, I, I put in the work and, and I got some results from it. Absolutely. You, you, you got the opportunity and never looked back and you, and you touched on my next question. So you became the first player to win six men of the year and most improved player consecutively. You know, what was that like? How did you improve so much that year? Uh, well, I mean, just getting the opportunity to play uh, in the way and the style I played was, you know, picking up the ball full court, pushing the ball back, making sure I get the ball to Penny, whoever. Uh, Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play with Shaq when he was there. Uh, but, and then, you know, uh, when my opportunity came for me to to knock down shots from teams with double team off of me, I was I had to knock down these shots or they was going to continue to double team me or I was going to be a liability. So for me, uh, I always look at it as it's very disrespectful to, to think I'm, the, I'm the, the live wire that you can come off of me and not expect me to knock down shots. And a lot of people didn't know I could shoot. And, um, you know, and they found out real quick that uh, not only I could shoot, but I could score. So, yes, they you did. know, for me, like I was saying, I, it, it was a uh, it was a, a, a long road for those two years to have to sit there and sit on my hands and wait. And, but once again, once I got that opportunity, I just took advantage of it, closed the door behind me and never looked back. Absolutely, for sure. So you touched on playing with Penny. You want to just talk about how it was to play with Shaq and Penny? Like the, the Magic, you know, were an incredible team in the 90s. You just want to talk about that experience? Well, when I got there, my first year, I came from um, Spain playing in the ACB. And um, when I got there, uh, that's the year they went to the NBA Finals. <clears throat> well, we went to the NBA Finals. Um, 
and uh, got swept by the uh, Houston Rockets. But um, the next year we get to the conference final and get swept and get swept by Chicago. So uh, for me, it really taught me uh, how how to work, how to get to certain things that you want to get to uh, in the NBA. And and for me, my first year getting to the NBA finals was was the ultimate for me. I mean, that really instilled something in me that I want to get back. I want to get back to the playoffs. Uh, and so, you know, nine, seven years, uh, what was it, seven? Or oh, it was nine, seven. or I'm sorry, seven out of nine years or eight out of nine years, I was always in the uh, in the playoffs with the Orlando Magic. Uh, so for me, uh, it was it was exciting to to be in those times and moments uh, with, you know, the things that Shaq and Penny and them and Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson, all those guys, Bill Harris, Grant came over my first year. He was there and, you know, he he brought his championship uh, basketball over to to these young guys and they took upon themselves and and uh, grabbed the hole. And, and like I say, they got to the NBA finals. Grant Hill, I mean, Grant, Grant uh, Harris, Grant first year. Uh, but fortunately, we, uh, we couldn't win it. But, uh, you know, it was a great, great situation to be in, to learn from somebody who's been there three times and won it three times. And um, if Shaq could have stayed, you just never know what would have happened. We could have probably won a championship. If Shaq would have stayed, who knows if I would have been there, you know, still playing. But at the end of the day, uh, everything worked out for a reason. And, uh, you know, like I say, nine nine years with Orlando, I can't complain, man. I, I really enjoy competing and playing for the fans there. And, um, you know, um, having them, you know, fall in love with the way I played and how hard I played. I, uh, I just gave the love back to him by by going out there every night, giving my all for them. Exactly, and I think that's that's all fans really ask for. Just you know, one hundred percent as often as you can, and then and good things will happen. And you, you just touched on my question again. So in Orlando, you never had a losing record, and you played in the postseason seven times. And for me, as as a fan, and I'm sure many other fans, like postseason basketball, there's just like so much nerve sitting on my couch, right? Like watching you play. I'm not even there. I have nothing to do with the game, but mm -hmm. I'm just like sweating bullets, right? As someone who's played, you know, made the playoffs so many times over and over and over, you know, what's it like? And did that, did that like nervous feeling ever disappear or, or kind of go away at all? No, it's, 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 it's a uh, incredible feeling. Um, you know, you walk into the building from a regular season game, to a playoff game, you can tell and you can feel the uh, atmosphere, how, how different it is when you walk through that building. Uh, it's almost like it's just electrifying that, that, um, that you're about to compete for a championship. Um, you got the opportunity to play for a championship uh, when, you get, when you make the playoffs and every team don't get that opportunity. So when you get, when you get that opportunity, hey man, you, you, you got to take advantage of it. And, and for us, just walking through that building when you come in and getting out of your car and or you on the road, you're getting off that bus and you can just you can feel the intensity and, and the things that's going through that building. Uh, it's, it's a great feeling and it's a great honor. It's a, and it's always usually a great challenge that you uh, you got to bring your, your all. You got to bring that 110 percent, especially when the playoffs start, because everybody plays hard in the playoffs. For sure. Zero. <laughs> uh, like there you go. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So just as a, from a fan's perspective, right? Like obviously now times are different. There aren't fans at the games. How different is it? Do you think from what, you know, having fans to not having fans for these players? 
Well, I mean, it's it's different, but now they kind of get used to it. The bubble was probably some of the best basketball I've seen in a long time. Uh, it was some good games in the bubble. Um, but, you know, for for me, I had to experience my first time ever doing that and going through it. I was over overseas in Cyprus, Greece, where our last 14 games of the season, we couldn't play with no fans. Uh, even in a championship game, we couldn't play with fans. Uh, but, um, you know, it's almost just like playing, it's just like playing pickup basketball, um, except everything is organized, you're in a uniform, and uh, once you're out there, you're competing. And that's how the bubble was. The bubble was the same way. Once you're out there, you compete. And um, for me, I thought, you know, especially for sports fans, it, the the games that they played in the bubble was just outstanding. It was some great games. It was some guys competing and playing hard. Uh, you know, it was even court, uh, mano to mano. It was nobody who had a home home court advantage. Uh, probably Orlando, they did. They had a home court advantage. They had Mickey and, and, and many of them that probably at the game. But uh, other than all the other teams, we didn't. But uh, you know, um, these guys is now starting to get you know, in the groove where now they're starting to see a couple of fans come back. And yeah, it was fun to be in Orlando when we played there. We saw some fans and Houston was the first time we ever saw some fans at the game. And uh, but now we our last six games here in uh, Dallas, we have half fans and, you know, we don't have some good crowds. Um, so can't wait to where it gets back to where that thing is loud, rally and, and going crazy in there. Because uh, they, you know, they the fans make our game. Uh, the cheers make our game. Um, you know, and the booze and all that. You, you miss those things. You know, so uh, hopefully soon we'll we'll have this thing back to where you know our fans can come to the game and enjoy it live instead of always sometimes watching it on ESPN or TNT or you know their local channels. So we'll see. I'm excited. I mean, I think it's going to be soon. I hope, hopefully, this playoffs. That's what I'm hoping for. That there'll be more, but I guess we'll see. So before we, before I started this interview, I actually watched your highlight reels. I watched your 35 point game, and I watched, you know, this you, you saw the inbound pass against your your rivals in Philadelphia Sixers, and got the game winning bucket at the buzzer. Do so you want to just talk about any other best moments you have, or those moments in particular? Well, I mean, those always the 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 best moments for me because uh, it came off the defense end with the AI leaving him. And, and it was crazy um, to play before that, right before I, I stole the ball, the inbound, uh, I was just sitting on the bench. And the year before I did the same thing when we was in Cleveland, we came down from 18 with six minutes and something to go in the game. Um, Brevin Knight took off up the middle on the out, out, out of bounds play on the side out of bounds. And I took off right behind him and he never felt me where he knew I was at. He was coming to the ball and I just shot the gap, stole the ball like that and went in and laid it in, went in overtime and won. So I was thinking about that play when um, yeah. the AI play came up. I started thinking about, you know, I got to make a play and I totally left AI. That was, the, that was the crazy part. Horace Grant, if you watch it again, basically Horace Grant was almost playing AI. I was just floating around and happened to see um, George, which he threw the ball in for, for Philly. And he had an outstanding game. He had like 10 and 20 rebounds at that time. And um, he happened to just had a timeout, but he happened to just was falling in bounds. And he just threw the ball and it hit my hand. I couldn't believe it. And then 
as soon as I took off Penny set a string on whoever was right there trying to foul me. And I just took off and made the layup in three seconds. So, you know, those are those are the plays that always play back in my mind. Uh, playoff games always play back in my mind and things like that. And um, probably the Miami games in the playoff against Miami when I first got my opportunity to really play. And I played against who now is a Hall of Fame finalist, Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, Tim Hardaway, um, who really brought a lot out of me when I played against him because I knew I had to bring my A game because he was one of those type of players that could play to play this game and could can embarrass you at, at any moment if you're not ready to play against them. So, you know, for me, those are moments that I, and, and, the, and the memories I have and the heart and hustle team definitely is always going to be a, a, a number one memory for me with having Ben Wallace, who nobody really gave an opportunity to play besides Washington. And then when he got with us, he became Ben Wallace and he really took off a four-time defensive player, champion, uh, first team All NBA or second team All NBA um, defensive player. So, yeah. uh, you know, Bo Outlaw. Um, you know, we we had we had guys that that competed. Uh, Pat Garrity, Chucky Atkins, uh, and so on. So, you know, though that's that that team is always going to be special. Uh, even for Orlando fans, I, it's fun to still hear him talk about that hard hustle team. I don't think that it's going to ever go go away because, you know, for us, they picked us only win 10 games that year. And we ended up winning 41 games. And uh, so, you know, those are the memories I, I will never forget. And uh, getting in, inducted into the uh, Orlando Magic Hall of Fame is, is always going to be special to me in my heart because, you know, for me, I like I say, two years I had to grind and watch, practice and be there early, lead late. And, you know, and then finally got that break. And uh, so the next seven years, Orlando Magic fan, I was just trying to give my all. So, you know, that was that was great for me. And I'm, I'm always going to keep that in my heart. Absolutely. And also, right when you said that play, I watch it over just now. I mean, you just have a good eye for it. You literally just got the ball. And I wanted to also add in, you have more, you had more steals that year then people have this year. You had 2.2 steals a game, and the most this mm -hmm. year, TJ McConnell's 1.9. So you had a good eye for it, <laughs> and you know, that's why you that's why you made that play. You know, you had that instinct, and that's that's just your skill and your talent. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody had to do their job, and unfortunately, I just came up with the steal. Um, so you know, hey, I take it. Absolutely. It's so many memories we can talk about. Like you said, just you accomplished so much. And and now, you know, with all that experience, it brings you to, you know, being an assistant coach and you're repping Dallas, so we can't leave him out. So, you know, tell us about being, you know, an assistant coach for Dallas and about winning, you know, a championship in, in 2010, 2011. Well, I mean, you know, every place I've been to is going to be special. Every team, I played five for five teams. Uh, my last two years, I played one year with each team, which was uh, Indiana and New Jersey. But, um, you know, Orlando's always going to be special because I had the opportunity to go to the NBA Finals. And then Dallas, I had the opportunity twice, once as a coach and once as a player to go to the NBA Finals. So, um, you know, those two places is always going to be special uh, with, you know, things that you want to accomplish as a, as a player. Um, I, I, I wasn't really trying to be an all-star. I was just wanting to play and, and, and put my game to, to the test out there with all the best talent in the world. And uh, 
for me, my goal was to get to the NBA and even the finals and win a championship. Uh, and I did it as as a player twice. And I, in the first year, I, I really didn't feel like I was part of it when I was with Orlando, when I joined them the last 14 games of the year. But the, the last two, the, I felt like I was, you know, definitely a part of it. Uh, even though we lost as my last time being there was a player we lost. And then uh, as a coach, just to see it and go through it again, it's just one of the unbelievable experience that you just can't explain and you can't understand. And you can go back and watch film. Then you'd be like, wow, man, we was really playing on another level. We was playing good basketball offensively and defensively. And it, it, it's exciting because, um, you know, you, you win it and it's just a feeling that you just can't express. And, um, you know, uh, for all the guys, you know, Dirk Nowinski and Jet Terry, who, who uh, went through it with me uh, to see them get a championship and get a chance to go back. And Jason Kidd went twice with New Jersey and he had the opportunity to get back there and, and win it with the Dallas Mavericks, who the team who he started his career with. So, um, you know those those things are always special, uh, and and they and they hard. It's hard. It's hard getting that. You know it's hard getting in the playoffs. So, but it's hard winning a championship. Um, you got to have the right chemistry. You got to be playing some good basketball, and you got to stay healthy. And uh, for me, I've been fortunate uh, twenty six years of the NBA to be there and be able to get to the NBA finals three times. Um, I never take that for granted because it's a lot of superstars, all-stars, number one draft picks that never get the opportunity to get the chance to even get to the NBA Finals or NBA Conference Finals. Um, but I've been fortunate to get there and, uh, you know, as a free agent and wasn't drafted, and I don't never take that for granted. I always – I'm always cherish that because it's, that's one of the toughest things to get to, uh, to a championship and have the opportunity to win it. Absolutely. I think every kid – who's playing basketball in his backyard is, is imagining himself playing in the NBA finals. So, you know, to be one of those people who were there, regardless of the outcome is, is amazing. And I've always yeah. wondered this. So I, so I want to ask because, you know, you played at such a high level and then you coached and, you know, plenty of hall of famers throughout history have, you know, played and then coached like Kevin McHale comes to mind and Steve Nash. If the team's not playing well, how badly do you want to suit up and get in, get on the court? <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to see, things during the game that you know that you have done and how you affect the game. But I'd I be telling people, if I suit up, well, I know we're going to lose because I can't play no more. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I mean, you, you see a lot of things that you'd be like, you, you want guys to do or, uh, you know, or they might not see the, 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 the game the way that you saw the game, but you just got to tell them and you got to continue to work on them. And hopefully they, they learn on as the as the season go, as the games go, because at the end of the day, you're you know playing a point guard is you are you're a distant coach of the head coach out on the floor. It's things that you're going to see that he might not see, and he's going to he's going to see things that I might not see. And um, so you know it's it's it, 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 it's a burning desire to always be like, man, I wish I could be out there right now to just to show the guys how to change the pace of the game or how to put the pressure on defense and, you know, so, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, if I go out there, we're going to definitely lose. So, you know, reason to me going out there, wasting my time, but 
you always got to apply it to the guys who's, who's out there playing. And, and the good thing is when, you know, I don't play the game and a lot of guys know that. So they, they listen to you a lot easier and they understand that, you know, hey, I don't play the game. I need to listen up and take this advice. So uh, I've been honored and, and happy that guys do listen and, and uh, they take heed of what, you know, I might have to say. For sure. So before we let you go, I got to ask, you know, you coach two of the best European players possibly in history, Dirk Nowitzki, and we got Luca. you know, who knows? The sky's the limit for him. So I just want to know, you know, what's your thought? How was it coaching Dirk? And then, you know, what do you think the future is like for Luca? And how is it to, you know, coach a guy with that much talent at such a young age? Well, I, 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 I don't consider myself coaching Dirk. I played with him at first. So that's the thing. I played two years with him, got traded to Dallas from New Orleans. And I played two years with him. I consider myself a player, uh, maybe a player coach, but a player with him and, and having the opportunity to go out there and compete and win games with him and, uh, you know, get him to his first championship. You know, when uh, my last year with Dallas was his first championship of getting out of the Western Conference. And uh, so I always look at him different from Luca and, and, and looking at Luca, 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 Luca is a fun, a fun kid who knows the game, but still is a big old kid. Um, it's fun to, to say things to him because I don't, I don't, I try not to give him too much credit. And, uh, but I, I still like to pick and choose my time to mess with him. Like, you know, even film session today, I, I told him, you can't throw that bounce pass because if you throw a bounce pass to KP with a guard on him, that means you're giving that guard opportunity to, to use his speed and quickness. And he turned the ball over. So he didn't want to look at me. He was all that looking away like this. And I said, you got to throw it up. So the whole day, any pass I threw, anything he did, all he kept saying, I threw it up in the air. I threw it up in the air. I said, stop being an asshole. <laughs> but he's a good guy. And um, he knows the game. And you know, he's been playing with Real Madrid since he was, when, you know, was 13 years old. He's matured uh, at a young age real quick. And, and that's why it doesn't surprise me how well he's played so far in the NBA because he knows the game. He knows what he wants. He sees the game a lot different from a lot of people and a lot of point guards. So, um, you know, the sky's the limit for him. He's going to continue to get better and get better. And uh, he's going to continue to do, do wonderful things in this league. For sure. And I was going to say, he, he better throw it up to Kristaps, who's seven foot three. He, he got to throw it up to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Well, this has been, this has been fantastic. You know, thank you so much for taking the time. And, you know, Dallas has a, an extremely bright future. So we, we wish you and the team the best of luck going forward. So again, thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it, fellas.